Nothing is more significant to the long-term fruitfulness of our organization than the health of the people within it, right? If Jesus was right in saying a good tree will produce good fruit, and if we believe that if we are thoughtful and intentional about cultivating the well-being of our team, then they will be more effective, more creative, more resilient, more patient, more, you know, all of the, if we believe that, then we want to be every bit as intentional about caring for our team as we are about our external work. We've been discussing the health of leaders, kind of nonstop. But this week, Jed Medifin, president of CAFO, Christian Alliance for Orphans, an ECFA member organization, dials our attention into the ability an organization has to foster the health of the entire staff. It's beyond work culture, it's intentional, it's policy. You can motivate people by by fear or guilt or by by financial, you know, hey, you know, if you just burn the candle both ends, you'll make tons of money, right? You can squeeze those things out of people for a while. But in the long run, in the long run, the fruit of that is going to be bitter fruit. Well, Jed Medifin, it is a treat to have you here on the ECFA podcast, not just the podcast, but in the ECFA studio. This is awesome. Yes. Great to be with you here in beautiful Winchester, Virginia. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Michael. Yeah. Well, no, it's good. And I'll probably refer to CAFO uh, many times throughout the podcast. And just for everybody listening, that is the Christian Alliance for Orphans, where, Jed, you have the privilege of serving as president. Uh, Maybe just tell us a little bit about CAFO in that ministry context before we jump into our topic today. Absolutely, yeah. So so CAFO is a coalition of about 200 organizations as well as a global network of churches that are all working together to really both inspire the church to answer God's call to care for orphans and vulnerable children and families, both ex- inspire that action, but then guide that in effectiveness so that we're really doing the best we can for, for these kids and living this out in the most effective way. And it, it started before me. It was, it was a gathering of leaders in 2004 coming together around this vision. They, they said, can we leave our logos and, the, and egos at the door mm. and join in a vision that's bigger than any of us could achieve alone? And so really that's, you know, CAFO has grown over the years, but that's the, the, that's the heart of our DNA. We're trying to, to leave the logos, leave the egos at the door, and join together and shared initiatives that no one organization would likely do well on its own. But together we're able to impact, we believe, uh, in a much larger way than any, any single organization could by itself. Well, you're doing that, and Jed, just appreciate your leadership, and yeah, I love that, leaving the logos and the egos at the door. <laughs> so, that's right. That's actually a good segue into what we're here to talk about today, too, which is um, just the idea of healthy leadership and integrity in leadership, and you and I talk about this topic a lot. You've really encouraged me, and I think just been some of that iron sharpening iron, so I appreciate that role that you've played in my life, but I know this is also uh, just a real passion point for you, Jed. You... Um, have hosted the Justice and the Inner Life podcast. And uh, anybody who's listening, I encourage you to check out that podcast. It's a really good one. But I know you're unpacking just a lot of these ideas. And it's not just about, you know, ministry outcomes, but it's also, uh, first and foremost, what is the work that God's doing in my own heart and my own life as a leader? And so um, just be really curious for you to share for all those who are listening, um, what has been kind of that personal experience in your ministry um, and in your season that uh, led to that emphasis? Yeah. Well, you know, some of it was definitely just personal. My own journey of um, both in my prior work, which is was in the political and public policy sphere, 
Uh, and then over the last 14 years with the Christian Alliance for Orphans, uh, in, in both spaces, having times when I really experienced that that pouring out to the point of utter dryness, mm. you know, where you're just totally spent and not the healthy place, the healthy exhaustion of like, wow, I've done a good day's work, I'm tired, yeah. but that I am totally dry, I have nothing more to give, everything irritates me, uh, even the, the people that I'm supposed to be serving, I'm frustrated by them, you know, and, and having the, those feelings in my heart. In fact, I, I, I think of a particular moment where um, my, my precious, little, my oldest daughter at the time, she was three years old, and it was early morning, and I was up just finally enjoying a few moments to myself, you know, in the morning silence, <laughs> and she woke up, and she was coming to me across the room, it just the most precious little thing in a onesie with her thumb in her mouth, you know, but instead of that feeling of welcome and warmth that would just, you would think, would be so natural, I just felt this feeling of, leave me alone, mm. you know, and this was to my precious daughter who was the joy of my my life in you know in sure, so many ways her sure. and my wife and my other daughter you know they and yet um the irony was my ministry my work at the time was a lot of it was working on behalf of vulnerable children around the US around the world and yet i could barely stand being with my own daughter in that particular moment and i realized man this is not good. This is not how I want to live my life. And so, mm. you know, some of it was that kind of personal realizing this is not how I want to live. But of course, also having many dear friends who've lived lives of pouring out and seeing some of them, you know, tragically get to that place of burnout and exhaustion and either fall by the wayside or just lose joy in their work. And so anyway, I just have come to feel like this is this is the wellspring. While certainly we have to be externally strategic, it all begins with the, the work and the life within our own hearts and lives. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I appreciate you putting the spotlight on that and, and allowing even the challenges kind of in your own life and those things to help shape the the ministry that you have today and the influence you have with others. And yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. And I know we have many different, you know, leaders who are listening from all different types of ministry, but I do think about, especially in the justice work, right? It's, uh, I could see some some unique pressures, some unique stresses. And um, so, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. You know, how much does that also um, just feed into this passion that you have and some of the work that's been done by CAFO? Yeah. Well, you know, I, and I, I would say this, Michael, I believe all ministry at its essence is a pouring out. Mm. You know, it is in, in any true ministry, whether, you know, you're running a, an organization like CAFO or you're a foster parent or adoptive parent, or you're mentoring kids, or you're in any other sphere too. If you're a counselor, if you're a doctor, if you're a homemaker, if you're, you know, cleaning a school and, and you work hard at it as unto the Lord, there is a sense in which life and health and strength is pouring out of you into the people you're serving and the work God has called you to do. And that is that is a wonderful thing. Mm. You know, that's just as God intends. I mean, that's the best life. The best life is a life of pouring out. That's the life we're called to. And it's it is life to the full. But if we are pouring out continually and life is not pouring into us in in a in a equal manner or you know then we will run dry it's it's kind of like a law of spiritual physics if more <laughs> is pouring out yeah. then we are receiving from god in that time then when we will eventually run dry and so uh, forming habits and rhythms in our life, rhythms of receiving, we might call them, we, we will eventually get to the place where we are dry, and that will either be uh, potentially a big crash and burn moment or potentially something more subtle but just as devastating, which is the loss of the joy and mm. peace in the work we're doing. 
That's right. Yeah. So we, uh, Jed, that's such a, that's such good points. We had uh, another friend here on the ECFA podcast, and uh, I think you know his words were just kind of even using that analogy of digging digging your well, like digging the wells, and that the best time to dig a well is actually before you need it. <laughs> and so <laughs> I appreciate what you share about that and just uh, being proactive. And you know, we've had a number of friends, like I mentioned recently, just here on the show talking about. Uh, healthy leadership and, and the importance of that, the tie into trust, and that gets into some of the behind the seal, if you will, with ECFA and our emphasis on trust, but also the dynamic too between how does the board, you know, play mm -hmm. uh, a very mm -hmm. critical role in working with the leader and their unique, you know, influence. Where I'd love to talk uh, even a little more with you today too is just around healthy leadership and what the ripple effect of that is even throughout the organization. And so uh, while a lot of our conversation has been focused, you know, I think appropriately on the leader, mm -hmm. I'd love to just zoom out a little bit and also talk about how that can translate too throughout the rest of the organization. So you've done some work in that space too. So tell us a little bit about that. And um, I think you've used the phrase, it's the, you have a strategic plan for thriving souls, right? Tell us about that. That's right, yeah. And you know, as we go into that, I do wanna underscore the approach you've taken, which is to focus first on the leader, mm. because that is where it all begins, right? We, we have to embody the vision that we're ultimately inviting others into. And that is our first act as a leader. Is, is to embody the, the, the vision that, that we're hoping to cultivate in others, to help others pursue. Um, we're, we're by our life, we're calling them into that, right? And so that's, right. that is where it starts, right. Right? right? And ultimately it's all going to flow down from the character of the leader. However, you're right also that as that is happening, we as leaders, I think, have a, of a responsibility. It's part of our stewardship of a team yes. to be very active and intentional and think about how do we care well for them. Um, and, you know, I would see that uh, as first and foremost, it's an act of love, right? Like mm. if, if, if we truly love these people we're with, then we're going to be caring well for them. We're going to be seeking their well-being and thriving, flourishing, right? So, so first, it's an act of love. But on a, on a second level, on a pragmatic level, it is, it is also ultimately, I believe, the surest and, and really only route to long-term good fruit in an organization. Mm. Yeah, tell us more about that. Yeah, yeah why is that the yeah. case? Well, you know, I mean, I mean, Jesus, of course, put it, <laughs> That's put always it best a good of place all, to good, start. Good, good quote to start with, <laughs> which is, you know, he said, a good tree will yeah. produce good fruit. Mm -hmm. And if we believe he is correct in that, and in, in we believe that a a healthy human being, in the, in the fullest sense of that word, right, that our, that, our, that our mind, our body, our spirit, our relationships are thriving, that a healthy human being who's, who's connected with our creator first and then others well and keeping basic healthy habits of, of life, that it, that person is going to be fruitful in the long run. They're going to bring forth good things yes. in their life, yes. right? And that's going to include their work as part of, of the organization we lead. And, and so, um, you know, that in many ways, is, is the, the single most important thing we can do. If we're caring well for our team and we're confident that good fruit will come from their lives, then that it just makes all the sense in the world to be very intentional about that. Every bit as intentional as we are about our external work. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because, yeah, when we talk about strategic plans, our minds immediately go to, okay, what is the next strategic program? What does it look like to even have a strategic financial, you know, plan and all of those things, but a strategic plan 
for thriving souls. So what does yes. what does that look like? Yeah, what does it yeah. look like to be strategic in that way? Right. Well, you know, it, so for, for us, it, it started with, I, I was working on our strategic plan for the next year. This was a number of years ago. And I was thinking to myself, you know, this, this is important. I mean, of course, I believe any organization should think strategically about its future and put those things in writing. So a strategic planning. But, but I also was thinking to myself, you know, the, the actual, uh, the bringing about of this plan into reality, right, it will hinge more than anything else on the, the health and well-being of, of me and the team that, mm. that, that I'm a part of, right? Yes. Like if, yep. you know, I mean, on the one hand, of course, you can squeeze blood out of a turnip for a little while, right? And you can motivate people by, by fear or guilt or by, by financial, you know, hey, you know, if you just burn the candle at both ends, you'll make tons of money, right? You can squeeze those things out of people for a while. But in the long run... In the long run, the fruit of that is going to be bitter fruit. You know, you're going to have irritated people, angry people. You're going to have dissension in the team. They're going to run out of good ideas. There will, you know, there will not be the creativity. There, there will all of the the fruit over time. It will not last. Right, right. right. But when it is it is fruit that is grounded in in a healthy soul, meaning you know, body, mind, spirit, relationships with others, then good fruit is going to grow out of that. Right. And so, just like a, a healthy or a good farmer, a farmer knows he can't, she can't produce good fruit, right? He can't pull an orange out of his ear, but he knows that he is called to participate with God in the cultivation of healthy trees. And so that's how I see our role as leaders, is when, when we sit down, just like a good farmer, we're thinking, what are the things that I can do, the practical things to participate with God in his cultivation of the health of the, the team members I lead? And just like we do with our external strategic plans, with, let's put down on paper a particular plan for caring well for the health of our team members and in each of the spheres of life. You know, if, if we, I, I divide that up into five areas. So the okay. body, yep. so the physical body, our intellect, you know, our emotions, our relationships with other social dimension, and then our spiritual dimension, our relationship with God. And with each, within each of those five areas, putting that on paper, here are specific things that, that we want to do as a team, as our, as our culture, as our particular practices, to care for our team in each of their, those areas, confident that if we're doing that, then good fruit will grow from each of those lives, good fruit that will ultimately last Good. I want to ask you about some of that good fruit in just a second. Um, <laughs> but before we do, just even thinking back to those early days and, you know, the vision around having a resource like this, I'd be curious, because, uh, you know, this was a new, you know, new thought, probably already expressed in a lot of ways in the culture yeah. uh, at KFO yeah. and your leadership. But what was the reaction, you know, from the team whenever you said, we're going to have a strategic plan for thriving souls? What was the reaction from the team? Yes. Well, as you alluded to, uh, an important part of it is we were already trying to do a number of these things, right? And mm. we had certain habits we kept as a team, ways we encouraged each other, certain policies that were overall a part of trying to care well for the team. So, but this took it to the next level of intentionality, right? Where we're mm. saying, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna think specifically about each of these five areas and we're gonna have particular things we do in each. And so some of that was just writing down what we were already doing. In other cases, we said, you know what? Actually, we're not doing a lot here. Let's, we, we believe that the you know, physical health of our team is, is really matters. And so let, what, how can we encourage and help our team in that, right? And so we, we put down things in each of those areas, some of which we were already doing, some of which were new. And then when I shared that with the team, it was, it was wonderful because in many ways, 
ways, of course, this was a, already part of our culture, and everyone was like, hey, this is, this is who we are. This is just putting it down. On the other hand, everyone was excited, like, hey, here's some new great ideas. And then, of course, the rest of the team was contributing, hey, what if we added this, or what if we did this a little differently? And so it really became something that we all owned and, and participated in together. That was a lot of fun. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that was going to be something else I was going to ask you about, too. Uh, those who are listening, they would say, oh, you know, uh, that sounds like a great idea. We want to get started. Um, yeah, what would you advise as far as getting the ball rolling? You know, who speaks into it? I know every organization's, you know, going to be different, but just any kind of general tips in that in that way? Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, I'm sure it could be approached many different ways, and and I'd be glad to share our strategic plan for thriving souls that anyone could draw from or get ideas from, you know, it's, it's, uh, but I would, I would, you know, suggest creating the five categories that I mentioned, or, or it could be other categories, but to me, that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, again, the, the physical body, our intellect, emotional health, uh, the social aspect or relationships, and then and our spiritual life. So those, those five things, and then just put down on paper, a, some of the things you're already doing to care for the team, because I have no doubt that that uh, you know every ministry is mm-hmm. at least has some element or two in these in these areas. But then um, be you know think strategically as a leader. What what other things could I think of? And then next, bring it to a broader group. Maybe that's initially a board, or it may initially be the staff, and say, hey, let's think together about this. And of course, we can't do everything we might want to do, and we have budgetary constraints, all these things, but let's think together about what could be really good and meaningful to do as a team together, as our culture, mm. to care for, for one another, confident that, again, if, if we are thriving, then this will bring forth good fruit for the ministry, that, that ultimate fruit that we're aiming for in terms of lives transformed. Good. So yeah, within those five areas, those are all great kind of launching points. Within those five areas, I'd love to ask you, what was the most creative idea (laughs) that came out? Because you said a lot of these things you're already doing. Um, But as you kind of put the pen to the paper, as you open this up to the team, what was just for fun, you know, something that came up that was like, oh, you know, we haven't thought about that before. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, one one thing that um, we did early on, we, we realized, you know, we didn't have a lot in place on the physical side of things, right? And while uh, potentially be possible to overemphasize the importance of you know physical health, and we're we're not here talking about like having the sleek, perfect, tanned you know look. We're just talking about taking good care of our physical body so that we have the energy and strength to to put into a good day's work and still enjoy our family in the day. Those kind of things, right? And and uh, so we thought you know there, there's a lot of research actually showing that just getting out of your chair on a regular basis and moving around, like taking steps, that can be as consequential, even more so than having a, a hardcore exercise regime, you know? Mm. I mean, it really is often, it's just basic motion that's as, as or maybe even more important than like, you know, well, I get out and run or I go to the gym. And so we had had a gym policy where we paid for, uh, I think it was two thirds of a person's gym membership. And that, that was good. And I think, and we still have that, but, but actually we decided, you know, for that end of year, the, the Christmas gift was a steps tracker okay. that we gave to kind of fit yeah. the type thing. And then over the next year, and ever since actually, we have little contests. Uh, you know, at first we did one every month, and now we do them a little more sporadically. But you know, where and sometimes it's like one half of the team versus the other half of the team for steps, and other times it's a kind of a little bingo game where you you know do certain th- you can 
you know, knock off different things nice. by doing 7,000 steps today or by doing one of your phone calls while on the phone or by, you know, going for a hike this weekend with your family. Just mm. things that are fun and have little, little rewards, you know, or awards like, uh, you know, competitions and things. So it adds a lot of fun and team building, but then also kind of stimulates just getting out of your chair and, and being active. Side benefit probably makes Zoom meetings shorter. Yes, that's right. <laughs> People are saying, I'm behind on my steps today. That's I got to right, get off that's here. That's right. No, that's good. Um, so, two, I'd be curious um, what challenges, if any, you know, came about too, just, you know, in incorporating this? Uh, sounds like, again, this was an expression of a lot that was maybe already in, in, in the culture, but um, maybe for KFO or even as you think about for other organizations, um, there's all the positives. There's so many benefits that come out of this. Uh, any challenges that you think of? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the only, I mean, for the most part, it's been great. Like, I, I actually, I don't feel like there's been any, um, you know, really, it's it's been almost all just joy. And to get to do it, it's built the team. I, th I think it's helped with employee retention, you know, keeping uh, wonderful talent on our team that might be more likely to look elsewhere that, hey, they don't want to miss out on these good things and these, these habits we have together, the culture, some of the, the, the unique opportunities that we provide and those sorts of things. Um, but I, I think one of the things that, that we needed to address early on, particularly with our board, is how this is an expression both of Christian love and caring for our team and good stewardship of resources, right? Yes. Because, you know, I, I think in a very good way, a number of the, the more kind of hardcore business people minds on the team were in a good way, healthy way, asking like, okay, you know, like spending money on fitness trackers or having a policy to pay for the gym or some of these other things we do. Like, for instance, we each year we have a day of solitude where everyone on the team is encouraged to spend that day in solitude. We, we encourage people to do it twice a year, a full full day or ideally an overnight, 24 hours, experiencing the, the ancient Christian practice of solitude. But we provide one day a year at, uh, where they can do it during the workday, right? So this costs the whole team a, a, a full workday for each person. And talking as a team about that policy and saying, okay, this is partly an act of love, but it's also we believe that this and these many other practices, they are contributing to the, the the what for us is the bottom line, right? No Fruitfulness, effective right. ministry. It's because it's it's a great. It actually helps us attract good talent. It helps us keep good talent. It contributes to mm. the creativity of the team as they're thinking of ideas. They're going to be more resilient when things are hard. They're going to be more patient with one another. Like all of these practices of cultivating health, mm. it it ultimately we believe produces good fruit, just as Jesus promised. No, that's right. Um, and two, like, how often do you guys take a look at this? Is this something that, you know, every year as you're thinking about what's strategic and, and out front for KFO? Is this a time when you're looking inward as well and kind of thinking about this with the team? Or what's the rhythm? Yes, know, yes. So I, I would say every year we re revisit it. And, you know, we don't typically feel a need to make any dramatic changes, but often there will be a couple of things we'll add to, you know, and, and, and then other things we'll prune. We'll say, you know what, that, that's not necessarily bringing a lot of benefit to people or for whatever reason, it doesn't make sense anymore. So we'll prune and add a little bit, but it's, uh, but, you know, once you've got the core in place, it's, that carries itself forward. I, I would add too, Michael, we, uh, we've begun more recently 
in January taking a little culture sur survey of our team. Yeah, you tell know, us which about inclu that. includes <clears throat> just a lot of questions about how people are doing in terms of various various areas and um, and what they're feeling good about and what maybe they feel less good about, and that informs when we're thinking. You know what? It seems like everyone's feeling. Let's just say that there was a you know consistent element of feedback about they're they're struggling with. In, in fact, last year there was a lot of feedback about um, how we approached holidays mm. around um, Christmas and Thanksgiving, and um, we we just realized you know what we can articulate this. We we had we always intended to give a good chunk of time around those, but we realized we could articulate it in a way that enabled people to. Experience it even more fully. Sure, it wasn't Being actually a huge change, but and so you know, just little things like that. Um, uh, yeah, good. And is this something too, Jed? Because I know you know for leaders, you know, who are listening to this and thinking like, this all sounds great, but it's also one other responsibility, one other thing that's going to be on my plate. And I would say it's worth it. You know, it's worth yeah. the time and all. But um, is this something that? you own, uh, like within the organization? Is this something that can be delegated? You know, how do you see that for those who are looking at it and thinking, it takes it takes time, it takes yeah. some intentionality? Yeah. So uh, I, I would say it could be owned by, you know, a COO or a, you know, kind of a person who's, who's uh, like a chief of staff. I think it, it could be kind of centered there. And then the CEO or president is kind of just working with them on that. And so I think that'd be fine. I think wh whoever has the most uh, enthusiasm for it, it'd be mm -hmm. great for them to own it, and that'd be fine. The, uh, the one thing I would say, though, is, I mean, I really believe that nothing is more significant to the long-term fruitfulness of our organization than the health of the people with, within it, right? Yeah. And if, you know, again, if, if Jesus was right in saying a good tree will produce good fruit, and if we believe that if we are thoughtful and intentional about cultivating the well-being of our team— then they will be more effective, more creative, more resilient, more patient, more, you know, all of those. If we believe that, then we want to be every bit as intentional about caring for our team as we are about our external work. Now, whether the CEO spearheads that or another person, I think that's, that's secondary to the issue of, are we going to truly make this a priority because we believe it is mission critical? Mm. It's the right thing to do. And it is a time saver, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. So, Jed, I did pick up on a couple of times uh, just in comments that you shared. You you did mention the board and that this is something that, although, again, the focus, uh, you know, we're here today talking about sort of the healthy leadership and how that ripple effect throughout the organization. But but you have talked about the board and just maybe your conversation with them about some of these things. How is the board engaged, um, you know, with you and with CAFO on this? Yeah. So, you know, in our story, it was just something where I really wanted to make sure that they fully bought in. You know, and some of that was I, I wanted to feel a sense of their support and approval in us doing this and prioritizing these things. But I also um, wanted to, I, I, I wanted to help them see the importance of this vision too, more fully, mm -hmm. you know? Because I, I don't think naturally, you know, I mean, I, I think in Western Christian culture, the focus on productivity, effectiveness, efficiency, you know, that often leaves out of the picture this idea of the cultivation of the health of a team. Now, I think that both in ministry and, frankly, in business literature now, we're seeing more talk about things like the importance of downtime, the importance of um, 
setting boundaries so that maybe you know you're not letting technology invade your evenings. There's there's mm-hmm. a f- fair amount of research and literature about sabbaticals now, um, and so so I think you know the broader business world is understanding like actually a key part of long term effectiveness is habits of what we as Christians would call soul care or rhythms of rest and receiving, things like that. Um, But I wanted this to be a cultural thing that the whole organization from the board Mm. to me to the whole team understood and embraced together. So I wanted to, that was critical for me to to process it with the board as we were uh, implementing it within the team. Good. And I bet you as they've seen the impact Within your life, within the rest of the team, they're probably the biggest cheerleaders for this. They're wonderful, yeah. And and many of them are, you know, also kind of implementing some of these things within their own organizations. Some of them lead organizations, or you know, one of them uh, runs a you know very large business, and he he's taken a number of the the things and, and actually put those into practice with his with his organization for profit business. Mm. Yeah, that makes me smile. What you said earlier too, just about in the secular world and business and all that, you know, kind of coming alongside on on these things or coming around on these things. It's always fun whenever you see the world start catching up with what Jesus said. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, I also like, too, that you mentioned, uh, Jed, some of the others who serve on the board, who maybe lead other ministries or implementing similar things. Tell us about what difference uh, you're seeing, not just within CAFO, but just as other ministry leaders maybe even are implementing some of these things within their organizations. Uh, what does some of the practical impact look like? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, first, just within our team, it, it really is a joy to be on a journey together with our team, because while, you know, in a certain sense, uh, you know, the, the the head of the organization or, you know, kind of helps cast the vision and kind of set some of the policies and things like that along with the board. Um, as we live these things out together, we're all learning and growing together, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, as we're really, you know, one of the things that we encourage one another in is to have a weekly practice of Sabbath in some form or fashion to have a day a week where you're really off the grid. And we, um, there's no judgment in that. And, you know, meaning, hey, you know, everyone's going to do these things differently. But at the same time, we want to have a culture that encourages one another to that. So that inclu- includes things like not e- emailing each other or texting each other on Sunday mm-hmm. and not having any, you know, if someone does happen to need to work on, on a Sunday, that there's no expectation of people responding to them that day. And in fact, they, they would know that if they responded to an email on Sunday, they, someone might say like, hey, why were you working on Sunday? Not, not in a, again, not in a judgmental way, but in a... That accountability. Like, yeah, 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 and, and encouragement. And, um, and so, and, and as we've all leaned into that, and as we face the challenge of doing that right, which is at different seasons of life, it's hard, it's, you know, countercultural, and you, you wrestle with questions like, you know, um, what about youth sports and all these things. We've been processing these things together. And so, you know, very much, you know, I feel like they've contributed as much to me as I have to them in terms of as we've lived this out together. And so this has um, been, a, been a key part of our, our um, what, what we describe as our core identity as CAFO, actually. So, mm-hmm. so what we articulate is, is that we are not first and foremost a justice organization. Okay, so now we are about justice work, justice and mercy in the world. You know, for us, that's on behalf of orphans, vulnerable children and families, right? So we, want, we seek the fruit of justice and mercy. That's the fruit we seek. But in terms of our core identity, the deepest question of who we are, we are first and foremost a community of Christian spiritual formation. That's the core of who we are. That means we're a group of Christ followers who are seeking to grow more like Jesus together every day. That's our, that is the core of who we are. We're confident that if we're doing that, then that good fruit of justice and mercy will grow from us, right? 
And so as we're implementing these things and, and these various practices and rhythms that we try to keep into our lives and things like Sabbath, the, the annual time of solitude mm-hmm. and other things that we do, we're just learning, stumbling sometimes, but learning how <laughs> to it. do this. And, and we are daily growing more like Jesus together. And that's just a wonderful thing to see that maturity, to be spurred on by you know, uh, junior staffers who are trying things and, and really growing in them. So it's, that's the best part for CAFO. And then, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing glimpses of this, of course, with our member organizations, too, that are, we're, 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 as we've been talking about these things and spreading them at our annual conference, the, the CAFO Summit, we also have a, a gathering each year called the Soul and Strategy Retreat for the CEOs mm-hmm. of our member organizations to kind of talk about these themes. And, uh, and it's been just fun to grow together in that as well. No, that's awesome. You said daily growing, you know, more like Jesus together. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I think we could just stop right there and give everybody some time to reflect, <laughs> and that's enough of a challenge. But uh, yeah, as we come to a close here, and uh, yeah, we could continue to go on, but just anything else that's on your heart to share as you think about just this idea of healthy leadership and the importance of leadership integrity and uh Jed CAFO is such a critical partner with ECFA and just even enhancing trust. You know, how do you see some of those themes going together? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think it just it comes from that the metaphor that again Jesus used again and again, that agricultural vision, right, of of a of a tree and of of roots in the ground, mm-hmm. and that, you know, it and the confidence that when the roots and the trunk, when they are well cared for, over time, good fruit grows from that. And, and I feel like for me, that really, um, it, it reduces anxiety. It lightens the load, you know, because I, I think, I mean, I, this is true for myself, and I, and I do think it's true for a lot of Christian leaders, maybe especially acute in the evangelical culture, right? We are, we're doers, we're yes, activists, yes. We, we believe that God has called us not, you know, just solely to have a kind of a private self-focused faith, but that it does have implications for the world. And so we we lean into that, and that's a good thing, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I believe that. And yet there, there are, then that quickly becomes this feeling like, I need to change the world, right? We, we'll use that kind of language, you know, and that we measure the fruitfulness of our lives. We even measure the legitimacy of our faith by whether we're, quote-unquote, changing the world. And that is just, it becomes a terrible burden, and it results in a life where we are not only trying to do everything our neighbors are doing in terms of like, you know, mowing the lawn and youth sports <laughs> and, and all the activities, but then we add on top of that this huge burden for changing the world too, while we're doing all these other things, right? And it results in just um, in, in exhaustion, burnout, and, and again, sometimes that is the tragedy of a big crash and burn, you know, breakdown or divorce or addiction, but so often it's actually much more subtle but just as tragic, it's that loss of joy, loss of peace in our work, in our mission, in our life, and and then ultimately the people we love and serve, whether that's you know clients of a of a program or even just the the staff or others we work with, they sense that we are not feeling joy when we see them, right? Mm. They they don't feel when they're with us like they're in the presence of Jesus, mm. and and that's the tragedy that can happen. But thankfully, it doesn't have to. I I really believe that we can live these lives of pouring out, the best kind of life, pouring out every day, and yet building into our lives these habits and rhythms of receiving uh, that ultimately feed and sustain our soul, enabling us not just to keep at this work for a lifetime, that's a wonderful thing to persevere, but even better that, that we're living in the life of Christ as we're persevering, and that's, that's the best part of all. Love it. As Jesus intended. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Well, good. Well, um, yeah, as we close out, so you mentioned uh, CAFO, and I know those that are interested in kind of keeping up with you and your work, they can check out the CAFO website and some of those resources, but also Justice in the Inner Life. Uh, where can we stay tuned with all the great conversations that you're having around this area? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the Justice in the Inner Life podcast. Of course, you can, I think, just if you Google that, you'll probably come up with it on Apple or other places. But it, on our on our website, we, it's at CAFO, C-A-F-O dot org slash inner life. And that's where the, the podcast is and some of these other resources. And of course, if anyone just wanted to reach out and you know wanted wanted some of these resources, we'd be glad to provide them the, the strategic plan for thriving souls or anything else we could do to be helpful. Well, good. And I know you've shared some of those with us here too at ECFA. We'll be sure to link those um, in the show notes and make that easy for everyone. But uh, Jed, thanks again. Uh, this has been such a great conversation and we look forward to staying in touch with you and keeping up with all that you're doing through KFO. Appreciate yeah, absolutely. you. Absolutely. Well, and, and Michael, thank you for how you're leading ECFA so significantly in, in, in regard to trust, which I believe, you know, is, is at the heart of all these things. Trust, not just in that kind of narrow fiscal side, which is very important, but it's, it's more than that, right? And it ultimately has to do with the character of an organization and the character of a leader. And so I thank you for the, the way you're leading that way and, and the way you embody it personally. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the ECFA Behind the Seal podcast. The Strategic Plan for Thriving Souls. Here at ECFA, we love this example of making health and soul care part of the DNA at an organization. Thank you to Jed and KFO for leading us in that area. Share this with a coworker, a board member, hey, maybe your boss. These are the conversations that bring that good fruit into our workplaces. Also, don't forget to leave a review wherever you get your podcast. Be blessed. Have a good week.